Hello, hello. Buenos dias. Como estas? How y'all doing? Ça va? Sumole? All that. And welcome to another episode of Muso. We are your hosts, Hadi, Ngone, and Gemma. Until they decide to fire me. On this podcast, we share a microphone for fresh conversations on current affairs and women's realities beyond a single story. So, y'all, how y'all doing? Jama? I'm tired again. We're back to the I am tired. Work is kicking my butt. Third wave of third wave of COVID in this country. Bro, I saw the numbers. I was hoping I wouldn't go back to COVID work. Me? If wishes were horses. COVID is kicking my butt big time. But yeah. Lo here. siento. Lo siento, mami. What does that mean? I'm sorry. Thank you very much. Ngone, how are you? I think after this week, I've come to the re- to the realization eh? I'm meant for the baby girl life, right. not for the nine to five life. I think you have this realization every week. So. Yes. Hey, like I just said, Twitter, I deserve the soft life. I saw that. But no, on the positive no. side, though, I um, so a few weeks ago, I was talking, I got a message on LinkedIn from this guy. And he was like, oh, Pfizer is providing scholarships for 50 young people um, for the One Young World Summit. So we've, it's basically focusing on people who've been doing work around COVID. And mm-hmm. I've gone through your profile. I think you're a good fit, blah, blah, blah. So apply. And I forgot about it <laughs> until I think an hour before the deadline. So I just submitted. And um, so okay. I got selected. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. 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 So you're talking okay. to a Pfizer scholar at this year's One Young World Where Summit. Where is it going to be? Um, so it's in Germany. But then I wouldn't be going. So it's, um, I'm participating digitally. Okay. Or virtually, whatever they, Dang, they call it. I don't even no. like Germany. But I would have pulled up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm participating virtually because it's happening this month, anyways. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um. And I think because of COVID, they wouldn't want to because the scholarship is COVID focused. They wouldn't want to encourage travel. Okay, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um. And I think there's limited delegates this time even. Okay. So mm-hmm. we had a welcome call yesterday, and it was really nice to just have people tell you, "Oh, you are here because of all the work you've been doing." So yeah, shout outs to my that is stuff. very <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. So on the positive front, yes, on the positive COVID front, that is not just oh related. Oh my guys are ballers. Hey. So, levels, hey. levels. Hey. Oh, by the way, y'all can ask me how my research is going. <laughs> how is your research going, honey? It's going great. I'm not modest. Apart from you, that you don't respect enough to interview us. <laughs> so um, I'm supposed to be doing between 30 and 40, right? Mm-hmm. So initially, because I was so frustrated, I'm like, the minute I hit 30, I'm done. But I'm already at 32, and I have like 10 more at least scheduled, including us, including y'all. Okay. So, wow. so you have to eight so outside you're not of us. Out. Yes. So I'm not dropping out, guys. Amen. I know last week that was the <laughs> <laughs> that was the mood last week, but I'm just gonna give. I'm not a supervisor. I didn't get the key. What the hell is wrong with this girl? <laughs> <laughs> no, last week I had no hope. Yeah. I was you done. Were over it. I was like, done. I'm going home. Remind <laughs> me. I'm still going home though. You know, the only thing going back to England is me at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's coming home. It's coming the home. The only thing going back to England. But uh, even speaking of last week and our conversation around ignoring men being silly. Today I was telling Goni I had the same exact well not the same exact experience, but I had something similar where I was out interviewing someone at a cafe. And then the guy next to her kept basically before I got there was talking about how um, feminists and just women that do work in gender are the reason that women that are not educated, quote unquote, get beat up. 
because we tell them all these things and then they go and then they try and attack their husbands. Mm. So <laughs> when I came, he tried to continue that conversation. I tried to interject and say something one time and then he was like, no, 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 I'm not done talking. You have to wait till I'm done talking. So because of that, I just stopped talking to him completely and I was eating my bagel, enjoying my life. Mungewa. Next thing you know, he just gets up and walks out of the cafe. Ignore and fleek. It was wonderful. Yeah, it's a good feeling. It was wonderful. It's a good feeling. Imagine asking someone to stop talking. Yeah. Audacity. Yeah. Audacity. And he literally it's the year of like, audacity. Because women, women that are not educated, you people are the reason that they get into trouble and have all these problems. And it was so condescending. And... Colon- it was colonizer speech. It was extremely condescending. It was just rude and it was so many things. And I'm just like, I can't believe that, like, you know, these are all justifications that men are giving when they're Instead being of, yeah. 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 So I'm beating yeah. you up because you know your rights and you're able to stand up for yourself. Yeah. Yep. Sadness. Madness. But anyways, guys, mm-hmm. today we're talking about a topic that I actually really love. And it's so good that I'm in a great mood because, you know, I talk. I'm talking about something that... It's just this love. <laughs> That's ri- what's not to love about love. And we're starting it off with a quote from the OG, my favorite person that I just want to meet one day, which is Bell Hooks. Again. I think yeah. I'm every I feel like every time like I host or this something. This is the third time we're quoting yeah, we're using exactly. a quote. <laughs> I'm just I'm very obsessed with Bell Hooks. So this quote goes um Dreaming that love will save us, solve all our problems, or provide a steady state of bliss or security only keeps us stuck in wishful fantasy, undermining the real power of love, which is to transform us. How y'all feel? Loved and transformed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually just getting to read it since we chose it, and yeah, wow. I'm telling you, she's an OG for a reason, and you know... let me just plug it in real quick. If y'all haven't read all about love, please read all about love. I if have it on my to-be-read list. I'm begging you. Yeah, read I'll, it I'll read it this year. I promise, I'll read it this year. As, as I think I tell everyone this, like anyone I meet and they ask for a book suggestion. Even last year, I was on a podcast about books and they asked me like the one book that I could never part with and it's all about love. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of positive reviews as mm-hmm. well on Twitter about yeah. it. So I'm a download, Kasa. So um, I'll read it this year. I and promise. You and I'll come back to. to you and let you know what I Please, think. Thank <laughs> you. And especially from like you know a very feminist perspective about love, because mm. I feel like we um once you I guess step into this feminist arena, you have this idea or you're taught that you mm. have to hate men. And I think that's also why I'm always like, men are not the issue, it's patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And it's these systems that, you know, that force men to not even know how to love themselves, let alone love, love women or else. other people and someone else. Yeah. So I guess, um, Jama, Pratch. I'm trying to be serious for once. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to do a light episode this time. I'm a son, I said heavy trauma field episodes. Please just make this one light and loving. <laughs> but I'm going to start with you. So, um, you know, with this whole love and romance thing, as a married woman that as a married woman that is a feminist, tell us more about, you know, how love and feminisms can do the coming together and merging and becoming one in union and love. I don't know. I'm just existing really in my love. <laughs> I'm just existing in my love. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I think at different stages of your life you really understand love from different perspectives, right? And I think the more we grow, if there's one thing that feminism has done for me, it's understand love outside of romantic um, relationships. Because mm-hmm. then again, like you said, every time we talk love, if every time we talk relationships, it's always looked at from the angle of romance, mm-hmm. right? 
and not a lot of attention. I think we've spoken about this before on the um, on the podcast around how you know not enough attention is given to platonic Sorry, love yeah. and platonic relationships. So for me, it's really understanding love from different circles and different spheres. Mm-hmm. So. What does it look like in family? What does it look like with your friends? What does it look like in your community? What does it look like with your partner? Where mm-hmm. the romance comes in? What does it look like for people who are not in any of these relationships but also have a lot of love to give and want a lot of love um, in return? So for me, really, like they say, it's what makes the world go around. Mm-hmm. And it's basically defining what it means for you, mm-hmm. right? And... Um, I don't know if you need to actively seek it out or whatever, but like the quote says, it's something that transforms us. And I think a lot of the time we look to love as a solution for a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think we get disappointed when that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when you look at it from a transformative point, I think that's what feminist loving really does. It allows you to see things from beyond just the single angle that we've been taught you know, forever, the kind of love that you should always aspire to, which takes all of your time and your attention and your resources, as opposed to others that can easily be neglected. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. Ngone? Hmm. What can I say after that? What can be said? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, um, to me, I think love is something that, true love, mm-hmm. whether it's platonic or romantic, is something that finds you. Right. I don't think it's something that you go out to look for and then you find it something that finds you and it always comes to you at a point when you least expect it. So you look at or when you most need it. Yes. When you most triggered. <laughs> yeah. Some people are triggered. Eh? But yeah. But yeah, for me, yes. I mean, it's true. Sorry it to is, no, it is true. It is true because you look at your friendships. First of all, how did you become friends with these people to a point where, you know, you can't see your life without them. Yeah, you've gotten to a point where you've built this relationship with this person that, you know, you talk to them every day. They're your go-to when you need someone to comfort you, especially when you're feeling really low. So, yeah, it's something that comes to you and it always comes to you when you need it. Mm. It's true. I remember the first time I saw a video of Maluma and um, I was just like, wow, this is it. Who is Maluma? My when, husband? When, when, when Michael B. Jordan oh, dumped it's her. Changed? Oh, he was even there before Michael B. Jordan, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Hadi, you only had time for him after MBJ dumped you for a I really thought no. that she was going to bring the positive vibes on this episode. But no. it's clear she is really just stuck on her dreams. and But we're carry talking, on. We're discussing love and I'm telling you yeah, go ahead. the man, one mm-hmm. of the men that is important. Is it when he saw exist? you or when you saw him? When Does I saw him. Know <laughs> <laughs> I need to clarify that. <laughs> what I what I believe is what matters, you know. Sure. So we'll if I that, decide sis. that I love this person, then that's all that matters. Okay. Thank wow. you very much. I respect that. Okay. But I'm. G- <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to seriousness, huh? <laughs> I'm glad you know that was not serious. <laughs> back to seriousness. I really um I really love you know how both of you described it and it's so important because I always say that um when it comes to love like platonic love and friendship and all of that that's the foundation for the basis of all of our lives and all of our relationships because mm-hmm. even if you were to get into a romantic relationship mm-hmm. it's not going to get to where it needs to be if you're not friends with that person first if there's not a degree of care of yep. respect of yep. trust of mutual mm-hmm. you know just a lot of mutual mutual stuff of yermande between the both of you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if that's not there 
then the relationship is not going to go as far as it needs to go mm-hmm. or as far as it should go. And even if it doesn't go far and those things are still there, mm-hmm. you just know that it's run its course yeah. and, you know, Cesar, and then you both you still know. have some kind of degree of respect and love for each other because love mm-hmm. transforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So love doesn't just transform a person, but love can transform into many different things. Mm-hmm. So you can love someone today as a brother, tomorrow they can be more than that. Or mm-hmm. you can start off as, a, you know, loving them as more than that, being married. And then after that, once you get a divorce, you two are best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just that, you know, what's it, Einstein's theory of what, whatever, when, you know, matter changes. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not constant, but it doesn't get destroyed. Mm-hmm. So it's the same oh, thing. I ag- agree with that because even you as a person, you're transforming. So it's mm-hmm. like what we talked about yeah. relationships, how your relationships with people change. Mm-hmm. Even in a romantic relationship, right? Mm-hmm. You get into a romantic relationship with this person, you like them, and eventually it transforms. Mm-hmm. So even where you are together for the next 20 years, the mm-hmm. kind of love you have for each other transforms. Yep. It, it changes from, you know, lust, you know, to love, to something that is even beyond that. Something, you know, you see older couples who've been together for a long time and they look like their brother and sister, sister, (laughs) you know, like, like their cousin. So it it transforms in itself. Yeah, you're right. I have, I'm going to look for this one quote that like basically sums all that up. I can't find it yet. So we'll move on. But then once I find it, we'll come back to it. I think it's also tied to the things around people saying, I married my best friend, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And even outside of marriage, whatever partnerships um, people are having, Mm -hmm. you know, I am with my best friend. Because I think people also recognize you can't, it, so like they say, love is not enough, mm-hmm. no, right? So not. it depends on how you understand it and what context it is and all of that. But sometimes love is not enough because mm-hmm. when things, it's not always rosy, it's not always peaches and cream, right? Mm-hmm. And so when it gets hard, what's really there holding you together? Yeah. Sometimes it's not the love. Sometimes it's the friendship, it's the care, it's yeah. the respect, mm-hmm. you know, it's the empathy. It's all of those things, mm-hmm. which could be a part of what love is as well right but then understanding that it changes and you don't always wake up every day and look at the person you love and say oh i love you today (laughs) you understand so some of these things are not even things that you express outwardly but it doesn't mean it is not there right so you love a person you love a person it is there Mm -hmm. how you manifest i think loving somebody and expressing that uh, can be different things Mm -hmm. right so like Hadi loving somebody and she can't even say it to the person because she doesn't have access to the person. Or she loving someone and that person not knowing that exactly. she exists. Yeah. So that's an example. So the love is there. So but the expression of the love. Before I get fired, I quit. The, the expression is different. So for me, I think there should be a lot of room to understand that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it would help a lot, not just for us um, as people who are, who are like seeking love or who are receiving love, but also people who are giving love. Yeah. And it, I think it makes it easier as well for the people who are, you know, in a relationship of love with us, whatever the kind yeah. of relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I found the quote. It's a bit long, but I think it, it really is something that needs to be said around this. Because f- I remember the first time I read it, I found it from you, actually. You had posted on WhatsApp a long time last year. But it's basically um to love someone long term is to attend a thousand funerals of the people oh, yeah. they used to be. Yeah. I love the that. people they're too <laughs> exhausted to be any longer, the people they don't recognize inside themselves anymore, the people they grew out of, the people they never ended up growing into. Mm-hmm. We so badly want the people we love to get their spark back when it burns out, to become speedily found when they are lost. But it is not our job to hold anyone accountable to the people they used to be. It is our job to travel with them between each version and to honor what emerges along the way. Sometimes it will even be, it will be an even more luminescent flame. Sometimes it will be a flicker that disappears and temporarily floods the room with the perfect and necessary darkness. I love that. Wow. 
Yeah. I Especially wish at first, like, I saw it, I was yeah. like, whoa. I all the time. <laughs> and I think it's so important that um, we give each other space to grow. Mm. And whenever that love does transform into something else or that person transforms transforms into someone else, we can either choose to love that version of themselves or say goodbye. Or let them yeah. Go, yeah. Yeah, and be like, okay, you know what? This version doesn't serve us anymore. Mm. And I'll... You know, I'll part with it and I won't be upset about it and I'll just respect you for who you are now mm. and move on and yeah. move forward. I'm dying because I remember the girl who tweeted that <laughs> on Oloni's thread. Mune, people say if you love something, you let it go. But her man <laughs> must really have hated her because he kept coming back. <laughs> oh, Maybe he loves her in bits because mm-hmm. he lets go and then comes back. <laughs> Uh, that whole letting go coming back stuff. I'm not saying that that person doesn't love I'm not back sorry, coming and going. But no, I, I think from experience I've learned it's very manipulative of no yeah. because you're doing it because you, you know whenever access. you come back the person will yeah. take you yeah. in. You have access to yeah, that person. Yeah, you have access to that person. So you're not letting go but you're also not you know. You know what my biggest fear staying. is? <laughs> you're saying your fears again. No, this one is a really really From the frogs one. to what? No. <laughs> No, because you see on TV, on all these shows, or just in general, a mm-hmm. man saying, oh, we've been through hell and back. I never want to be somebody's hell and back. Like, yeah. Ride and ride or die and all of those I other ones. I never want to be anyone's ride or die because that's so embarrassing. But when <laughs> someone says you guys have been through hell and back, it means he's cheated on you. He's had a side chick. He's baby. done all the nonsense. His side chick has he's a friend. He's married someone you. else and divorced families. I said he's still <laughs> yeah. back. No, I don't want to be nobody's hell and back. Thank you very much. The red or die. We can be heaven and earth because earth is basic and then we go up to heaven. But hell and back, Mm. I don't ever, I don't want to know how hell feels like. Thank you very much. Hell and back is only okay if the hell is you encountering financial problems or you getting but sick. But that, no, that's no hell, so that's hell. earth. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> because as long like as that. you too, that's earth. It's like, it's like how earth. people say for better or for worse, and they interpret it to mean, mm-hmm. uh, you that know. That was like mom. Mm-hmm. But let us keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, but when I'm thinking about this, but then, like, you know, we, we as women, we've been raised to believe that love is not love mm-hmm. if you haven't b- gone through hell. Yeah. yeah. So like let's just think okay for, I want to know what your experiences not experiences necessarily but what has influenced like ideas around love for you from childhood until now like what has changed? Because you're not sounding like Gambian women right now with all of these I'm not going to move. No, I honestly oh, yeah. I think I'm for me for me <laughs> personally my idea of what love is and in terms of romantic relationships what it is or what it should be and especially a marriage how it should be it has changed a lot over the like over these past uh-huh. few years because i used to be the kind who would say oh you know i've seen so and so person they always li- see you know they lived happily this person wasn't abusive to them you know <laughs> blah 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 and then as i grew up i realized okay you may not have hit this person but you have been an absolute asshole to that person yeah. like you've really right ruined their life mm-hmm. and that you know i think one time i had this conversation with some people where we were talking about whether we want um you know how little girls grow up saying Oh, I want a husband like my dad, mm-hmm. right? And then we had this conversation a few years ago whether we want husbands like our fathers. And okay. you'd be surprised that majority of us, I you know, said, "No, I want a father for my kids yeah, like my no. like 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 my dad, but I don't want a husband like my dad." So that's that <laughs> we don't want. I didn't want to know. Me and Hadi, we don't want. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's that. I, I, I think it's an important thing because then, again, it's basically what you see, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. even the relationships that you look at and think relationship goals, you're mm-hmm. only seeing what people are showing you. Yeah. 
right you don't know what's happening um in the background you don't mm. know what the backstory is and i remember a few years ago there was this guy so hang on you know three feminist thingy on twitter and mm. stuff there's been people who've always seen us as problematic because mm-hmm. of that you know and then a few years afterwards this one person comes to me and says oh jama you know i just wanted to say thank you because you've really opened my eyes up to something like i there's something you said and i stopped and thought about how this was my mother's reality mm-hmm. you understand and that my dad has really put her through hell mm-hmm. but it only took you framing it in this way for me to see that this was actually a problem mm-hmm. and i looked at him and i said you guys never talk to your mothers mm-hmm. you look at your moms you glorify them you praise them mm-hmm. about munying and taking care of the family and taking care of your father but you never stop yeah you never yeah, stop you never stop to ask them mm-hmm. or even if you can't ask them to just observe what the dynamics are mm-hmm. obviously if you're an asshole yourself you can't recognize those problematic issues mm-hmm. but then ask your mothers about your fathers mm-hmm. their views of the man they are partnered with mm-hmm. the man they are married to the man that they are in a union with mm-hmm. maybe different from your ningavi we sa papa cuz those two are entirely different relationships mm-hmm. you have men who are great fathers but absolutely terrible husbands yeah right you have men who could be who are neither good fathers nor good husbands mm-hmm. and you have people who try on both fronts mm-hmm. right So you can't really just sit there and say oh it's my idea from when my mom is doing well because you've seen her cater and submit for a long time and I think it really affects how you know it's basically how we are conditioned to see love mm-hmm. again at the end of the day you think love growing up it's always about relationships from your crush to your boyfriend to who they think your husband is going to be and that one marriage is the one marriage you're supposed to be in for life right mm-hmm. and so for me I mean there's there's that whole conditioning and it really ties especially for us as women It's why we have all of these things we're taught right from the beginning. Because the end goal is marriage. So you need to make yourself desirable. You need to make yourself likable. You need to tick all the boxes that would make you be looked at as wife material, whatever that is, um, to make it to marriage. Because for us, you think love, you think, oh, this person has love in their life. It's in the context of marriage, generally. And I think there's also this thing where we are, we're also conditioned to believe that love is not love it, if it's not hurting you. Yep, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if, if it's not, not hell, painful, if you're not in hell, if yeah. you're not crying tears, you know, if you're not running around fighting each other every day, it's not love. No, please. Toxic. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most beautiful forms of love is where you're able to, whatever relationship it is, platonic or romantic, where you're able to express yourself without any form of violence whether it's yeah. verbal or physical or anything where you're able to communicate your your fears and you know what you don't like about the person what that person has done to hurt you without even any fear of any repercussion of thinking mm. this person is going to leave me just because I've told them how I feel but even that so for me I describe love in one way like the only the main thing I look for in any kind of relationship be it like you know with my family with friends with romantic partnerships is freedom Yep. Yeah. So love is freedom for mm-hmm. me. Like that's it. So I've always cuz I think I've always been someone that is I would say a little different, <laughs> a little more inquisitive, a little more like I you know, I want to travel, I want to do so many things and mm-hmm. I you know, I've been raised by people who have let me be who I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so for yeah. me my definition of love has always just been letting me be me. Mm-hmm. So um and I know like in our se- in our settings like whenever cuz I travel all the time. I don't sit in one place for a long time. And anytime like I always get comments about Hana so see you later. But it's like I wouldn't ever marry first of all me and marriage you know we already don't mesh well like that. <laughs> But I generally would never be tied down to mm. somebody if mm-hmm. they did not understand my need for freedom yep. and mm-hmm. if they did not understand that 
you know, me coming and going, like me going means that I have the opportunity to come back. Mm-hmm. But the minute you try and stifle pin me, the minute down, you yeah. decide to want to pin me down and to make rules and regulations, I can't do it. I think that's also one of the first red flags I spot. Like the minute I start talking to someone in any way and they start doing the whole, oh, you know, well, yeah, mm-hmm. this or that, yeah. I will cut you off so quickly. <laughs> like, my own mother doesn't do that. And you think that you out of nowhere, you who I don't even know. Who do you think you are? Yeah, it's so, it's like the fastest way to just, for me to be done with anything. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing, like, when we, yeah, when I think about relationships or any of that, freedom is the first thing I always think about. Mm -hmm. And it's the first thing I look for too, because I do not ever want to be stifled in this life or in the next. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you cannot do that to me. But, um, yeah, so when me and Maluma get together, because Maluma's also a, quite a free spirit. Jesus Christ. And, you know, it's funny. It also shows in my crushes, Rihanna, you know, all these people that I like, you they're for the streets. No, you actually are you crush really free? on people who do not even know that you exist. Are you like. really free? This freedom that you're talking about. What do you mean, am I really free? Because it seems like you're locked in your own shell of mm-hmm. delusion and illusion. So and imagine, and imagine crushing on Rihanna, but over. every day. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is over. I, I, I say I don't belong to the streets. I am the streets. Yeah, true. I believe you. That's so. true. But let's, I want to hear about you people's experiences because we can't just keep talking about my relationships. I want to know what y'all are up to. How's your love life, Ngoni? <laughs> you have a married woman in the room. Why are you asking me? Nice couples. <laughs> <laughs> so I can talk about my, my loves. I can talk about all of that. All right, let's, let's, let me ask another question, yeah? Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm very... The patriarchal conditioning is very deep for me. I'm not going to lie. Because the idea of like talking to a man first... I'd rather like just have the soup and if do he it cannot in. hear my thoughts, that's his personal problem. That's what I'm saying. You don't see me staring at you. You don't see me looking you like you don't hear my thoughts. Feel it. I don't think it works for you. <laughs> Is that not enough? Shooting your shot. But yeah, I think I sh- I shot my shot. Shoot. What's the past? Shot my shot. Wow. I shoot my shot once and. It was the most disastrous relationship I've ever been in. So never again. Hashtag never again. <laughs> <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever again. Ever again. Ever again. Don't I don't think I've, I've ever so made the first move. First of all, first of all, I've not even been in enough relationships to even start explaining stories. <laughs> I think I've only really been in what, three serious relationships. So I've never really shot my shot. And I think from that aspect, to be honest, it's something that I'm, I've had to unlearn. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. been super traditional about it. The whole who approaches who first. So obviously you'll do the signs and the wings and, you know, making yourself available and present. <laughs> but like direct shooting of shots, I don't think, um, well, I've never done that. My thing is like, if we're positioning ourselves for you to know, why, why do you not time, know? I respond to your messages. Isn't that, isn't that, you know, imagine. Saying? It's wild. I'm picking your calls. I'm picking your calls. They can't pick you. That's okay, the thing. But digga, digga, patriarchal conditioning is deep. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's Very really deep. where it no, comes from. Because then I saw this, Um, I think it was yesterday, this whole tweet about, oh, women who shoot their shot, you don't want to be with them because they're desperate and all. Oh, so it's that exactly. kind of conditioning oh. that stops out. Yeah, because that's what stops a lot of women. Because mm-hmm. then even among like men, I think these are conversations that you have seen online talking mm-hmm. about, oh, mom, mom, and you chase and stuff exactly. like that. So it's been made so abnormal it's mm-hmm. been made to look like a problem okay. where okay men are the ones who are supposed to do the chasing and mm-hmm. the hunting and mm-hmm. what 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 so it's really just that whole idea of 
you know, men as predator and women as prey, and mm -hmm. they always have to do the make the first move. They need mm -hmm. to do the chasing. So when it turns around, then people are like, eh, mm -hmm. you understand? Mm -hmm. You see the reactions, for example, when you see videos of women proposing on Twitter, for example, yeah, and people just talking, this could never be me. That could never. This is somebody who is ready. You know, why are we having a problem with somebody? I mean, making do whatever a proposal? floats your boat. So again, it's a shot that you're shooting. I don't like. Again, it's a shot that you're shooting. So for me, it's like, okay, I may not do that. Uh -huh. But then why am I having a problem with somebody who wants to That's do it? Because again, you're thinking marriage. Imagine a neka relationship. How many times have we seen that? Nganeka and it 12 years, 13 years, 10 years. You know, you want to get why? married to the person, for example. But you're not. that's not happening because you're waiting on them. To, to make the move for marriage because the idea is nyom nyom what to make the move for marriage so for me it's even something as simple as bringing up the conversation you know where is this going mm -hmm. and if you know this is not what this person plans why sit there and waste your time yeah. See, you know that for that I whole understand. extended period no, I get that I get that the but asking where is this going but what's the problem listen I saw a video of a pregnant woman on her knees proposing to the man like I'm pregnant for you but she wanted to do that I'm pregnant for you isn't that enough sign for she you she wanted to, want to, to do that no. that's my point <laughs> ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,ah,
they are healing so many parts or they refuse to acknowledge the parts of them that they need to heal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, you know, for them to be the best versions of themselves when they don't even know what it looks like to be the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, I think when Go was saying that, I was thinking it from what kind of love do you pour into them even mm-hmm. when they're kids, yeah. right? Because yeah. yeah. it's always the whole tough love thing. Mm-hmm. You can't hug them. You can't kiss them. You can't say I love you to them, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what they grow up with. Yeah. And again, it ties into this whole toxic masculinity idea i need to be tough i don't mm-hmm. need to show emotions and that's what they carry into their relationships mm-hmm. as yeah. well because if you are not given the space to really express how you're feeling mm-hmm. um if you're not shown mm-hmm. also that you deserve the soft life i mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. that's how you grow up it yeah. becomes your conditioning and mm-hmm. it's something that you have to actively unlearn yeah. to be able to move some of them get into relationships and they realize oh this is not it mm-hmm. yeah. i need to work on myself mm-hmm. you know some of them it happens when they have daughters for mm-hmm. example for some of them it happens at different stages for others yeah. it never happens at all yeah. and that's how you can and when you look at gambia for example i mean look at the kid there's a reason why we have this whole idea of naka Big man, secure, small man, sit down, or whatever, whatever it is, yeah. So, because then you come home, <coughs> you want to assert your authority and all of that. You go out. It's a completely different, mm-hmm. different question. I think for me, that's yeah. also why I'm very big on with my guy friends. I'm, they all have to say I love you. Like it's one of those things where like maybe before me you didn't know you weren't comfortable with mm-hmm. saying I love you but we, I make it a very very big deal to consistently tell them that I love them mm-hmm. so to the point where because initially I always I know the first time I say I love you it's like a very uncomfortable yeah, feeling but I keep saying it like I'll say I love you and I don't hear anything I'm like did you not hear me say I love you <laughs> so like you have to repeat it until you're comfortable mm-hmm. with just being just loving outside of a romantic setting yeah. because I want you to be fine with loving someone who is not your mother who is not your sister who yeah. is not you know the girl that's sleeping next to you mm-hmm. you have to be okay with loving people just because yeah you, you have love them. them yeah just because you love them yeah. but on that note we're going to take a little break and we will be right back with the conversation y'all we love you <laughs> y'all welcome back welcome back welcome back and as we continue on today's episode which is all about love shout out to bell hooks we should name this episode all about love but as we delve into you know what's funny she's the only person who's critiqued beyonce and i was like fine it's okay she said it so it must be right yeah. but um as we continue on this episode i want to ask What how do you how do you like to be loved? What are your love languages? Soft me. Kiss me, Jelantel day. 
no really that my office and i was just sitting there staring at my computer and i realized this is not the life so me i just want the soft life the loving the leaving the everything let it be soft I want all of my soft landings. But when it comes to love languages, to be honest, me, I get pissed off when people pick one love language and say, this is my love language. Yeah. All of them are my love languages. <laughs> <laughs> all of them are my love languages, depending on what day it is. Okay. You know, so one day I could be like needing touch. Mm-hmm. Other days it's the acts of service that does it for me. Mm-hmm. Other days it's the words of affirmation. Most of my every day it does it for me, right? So for me, it's like I can't really... Pick and say this is my love language. All of them work for me. It depends on what I am needing the most on a particular day. My number one used to be um, what's it? The speech one. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. But then, like, I was like, all niggas do is lie, bro. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And once you tell them this is my love language, they practice it, and then (laughs) that's the question you must never answer. A man asks you, "What is your love language? What are you looking for in a man?" never answer it no for me to be honest like all of them for me because i'm always like Mm. depending on the day and Mm. even on the day itself at different times i could be looking for different things i could Mm. be wanting different things so i really don't think it makes sense to just pick one or two and say these are my love languages so maybe there are some that could be dominant Mm -hmm. that's a possibility but for me it's all of them and i think they should even add one separately Mm. that touch because i think it's like physical touch and all of that they should add financial touch no because financial touch is the gifts one it's not it's just not the gifts one. You need to create a category for it. That's okay. That is one. my point. You like money. Yes. Yeah. So create a sixth category for the love languages and I'll still collect all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, like all of them do it for me. And again, it's like being loved. So for me, like I think the acts of service is also really big for me because mm-hmm. then it shows to me that you care. Mm-hmm. It shows also that you're paying attention yeah. um, to what my needs are. But then it's also the reverse where you're allowing me to also offer acts of service to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's really what it is for me. Obviously, the foundations, respect, mm-hmm. trust, loyalty, mm-hmm. um, those things are non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to the love languages, mom, give me all. Hmm, for me, I think my main love language is attention. I feel if you're not giving me attention. Yep. For Are you no a ad- man? <laughs> no, honestly, if you're not giving me attention, it's like, where's your attention going? Do you not care about me? Like, don't I exist? Don't I exist? What am I to you? Y'all a goat? sound a little toxic. <laughs> I was like a joke. Toxic. <laughs> but yeah, attention is really something that's good. honestly, it's really important to me. Mm-hmm. And secondly, the financial touch. We've created it. I love yes. it. The Muslim love language is financial. Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> I love it. I love it. We need. To, we should actually you develop know? the Muslim love yep. language. Yeah, but yep. I also, you know, like Jem, I also like the acts of service, especially you know, I'm going through something. I need yeah. something, and you're able to help me get that or mm-hmm. do that for me, or you pay attention to something that I've mentioned, and you get that for me. Mm-hmm. That 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 always it, it means the world to me, and of course the that. non-negotiables, the trust. To respect the confidence, but yeah, I love that. give me attention, give me money, yes, and service me, and service. I'm the same, but like, service me, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> service me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, my two biggest love languages are acts of service and um physical touch. Mm-hmm. Like I said back in the day, it used to be the 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 talking one, but niggas <laughs> <laughs> be lying. Mm-hmm. But um, I for me, acts of service is a huge, huge thing for me, mainly because I'm one of those people where if I care about you, mm-hmm. I have no limits. Mm-hmm. Like I do the most. It's a lot of cooking for you. Cooking, I think, is actually the main way that I show that I care we about know. you. 
We've experienced it. <laughs> she so, uh, she I does love if us. I, if I don't cook for you, then I don't love you. It's one of those things, like, I'm very, very big on it. But I'm also, I, I'm. it's my love language mainly because um, I do so much mm-hmm. in my, you know, in my personal life where I'm working, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's to the point where, like, sometimes I neglect myself. Yeah. So for me, acts of service is, like, just remembering little things that make my life easier. Mm-hmm. I want to come home to a clean house. Mm-hmm. I want, you know, I want my feet massage and that also comes to physical touch too because the way you say that if someone doesn't like is not paying your attention then they don't love you mm-hmm. it's the same for me like and then it's with how i'm with all of you i need to touch you consistently yeah. and i feel like i'm one of those people where if i don't if you're not touching me like if you're not even holding my hand mm. or just patting me on the back i assume you hate me mm-hmm. yeah. like it's not even like a, oh do they care do they don't know you hate me that's it <laughs> because it's comforting and, and she's I calling think, us toxic yeah no for me it comes from a place of I'm a, I'm an anxious person, mm-hmm. and with anxiety, for me, it's always I need grounding things. It's mm-hmm. the same way with a manicure or with anything, because it's like the color and yeah. just seeing that it grounds me. So it's the same where it's like, I don't want to be anxious in these relationships, or I don't want to be anxious around mm-hmm. people. So the way I know that I'm safe is through touch. touch yeah. mm-hmm. So those are the two biggest ones. I also like gifts, obviously. I like money, but <laughs> <laughs> I love a gift that's thoughtful. It like, you know, yeah. if I tell you something and then you give me something that's like, for example, my birthday, <laughs> not my, my last birthday, they got me an air fryer. And it was, it was, I was so happy. I almost cried. It wasn't just, I got an they air fryer. saving lives. <laughs> I'm telling you, I got an air fryer and I also got, um, did you get salted AirPods? caramel? I got AirPods. I got salted caramel ice cream, and I also got <laughs> pistachio ice cream, and um, my favorite chip. So it doesn't even have to be big gifts. Yeah. it's just the five care about. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be expensive. But I get so happy, and the air fryer one—that's the best gift I ever. I've had great it's gifts. Amazing. I've had diamonds. I've had all of that. But the air fryer—it takes the cake because I cook all the time, mm-hmm. and to be able to like for someone to just buy me that. Mm-hmm. It means they're also paying attention because yeah. that's yeah. the thing. Because yeah. you could talk gifts and people think, oh, it's expensive. But you can buy something that's really expensive that doesn't really speak mm, to me at all. Anything, it yeah. doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's an interesting conversation because then you have people who are loving you the way they want to love you and mm-hmm. not really loving you the way you want, want to, be to be loved. And so it's always like there's a gap. Yeah. You are always feeling like, oh, this person is not doing enough. They mm-hmm. are feeling like, oh, they're doing too much. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like it also leads to a lot of conflict. Yeah. And that obviously is help. Well, it it kind of helps when there's communication clearly to say yeah. oh this is what I want That's this is what, what I don't want, want. Say, yeah. and to also understand that communication is always like oh come sit at the table we have this thing to talk about mm-hmm. it's also what cues you are taking how yeah. much attention you are paying okay. mm-hmm. you know if I touch this person here what's the reaction as opposed to when I touch them there mm-hmm. if I buy them this kind of gift what's the reaction as opposed to that mm-hmm. even with the love languages what, that we say these are my main love languages or these are the dominant ones how am I showing up you know for them because mm-hmm. it's not like a wholesale thing where oh I'm gonna physical touch so I'm just gonna come and do them and mm-hmm. slap them and different because yeah, I'm still touching yeah. them you understand so for me I think that's also something that's really interesting in relationship dynamics where you feel like oh yo yeah you feel like I get it a lot mm-hmm. but then the other person is not receiving it the same way because you're just not loving them the way it. they want to be and loved yeah exactly it. so it leads to a lot of frustration on both sides mm-hmm. 
it's so important to have these conversations like not even specifically around love languages but asking how do you want yeah. to be mm-hmm. loved yeah. number one and you can also because i have this list of questions like you should ask partners and all of that because i think it's very important mm-hmm. to, that we all have certain cues to ask people mm-hmm. but it's also stuff like how do you react when you're angry yeah. Yeah. do you need what yeah. kind of space do you need you know stuff like that just seeing what your partner's needs and wants are versus like what you've been what you've been raised to believe for yeah. yourself and how you react to certain things mm-hmm. so i think it's it's very 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 important and it also helps with setting boundaries too mm-hmm. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. because for me i know that um when i'm upset i don't want to talk mm-hmm. like i hello w- <laughs> <laughs> i will never talk with, I'm, I, i've been like that since i was a child like literally i remember being mm-hmm. like seven years old on like my doctor's salary just on the opposite side of the couch and because my grandfather he knew he knew me very well mm-hmm. so he knew that when i was upset don't talk to me don't touch me and i think i sat there for like seven hours or so like a long time because <laughs> i'm not a good but i didn't talk to anyone mm-hmm. but that's how i am where it's like I have to process it. Mm-hmm. You can't force me to yeah. forgive. You can't force me to, you know, to talk be about nice, it, to talk about it mm-hmm. until I've processed my emotions and I know why I'm feeling a certain way. Then I can come and talk to you about it. And even talking, I don't like to verbally talk about it. I'll write you a letter. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very oh, famous. Oh, you're reading my life. <laughs> I, I, I did it to someone emails. who would tell me to write how I feel. Yeah. If we're talking, he would like, yeah. Right. Because then they understand yeah. that's the easier way for yeah. you to... Because I just start way. crying. Or no, that's what I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just cry. Mm-hmm. I can't Same. talk to you, so just leave me. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really interesting because when I started dating Oz, right? <laughs> so he came to Gambia the first time and we were together and he understood that, okay, when I'm upset, I need space. Mm-hmm. But then he would just give too much space. And I'm like, I did not ask for all of this space. <laughs> I did not ask for. So for me, it's like you're running away from my problem. You mm-hmm. can't really come close. But then he's seeing, oh, you're quite, you're in, you're in a mood, mm-hmm. or you're upset, or whatever. Sometimes he's not the, even the reason why I am in that mood. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I'm gonna give you some space, and he fixes the khakis, and he gives me space, and mm-hmm. I'm like, why are you running away from me? <laughs> why are you not here holding me? When mm-hmm. So I think it really helps to just understand the person you're with, and some of these things you learn mm-hmm. as time goes on, as you build your relationship. I mean, in five years, I've learned more than like from the start. Mm-hmm. You understand? And then you understand how better to love the person. And it helps you people to get closer. Mm-hmm. So it's like long distance relationship, miles away. Mm-hmm. We've sat like 17 months without seeing each other. But then it's like we're just connecting. Mm-hmm. And so every time it's like we're closer because then there's those conversations. But then you're also just paying attention to the person and understanding. Mel, this mm-hmm. is what happens when this happens. And so this is how I can navigate that situation. Mm-hmm. And it's really just... Just, just nice. No, I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. I think it's 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 very, very, very important. And I'm glad that we're all letter writers. <laughs> oh, I write emails. Yeah. I write long no, emails. No, I do. And, and then for me, it's like okay, it's a pace because I could do that and just express everything I want to through mm-hmm. writing. But I also realized it's helped me with speaking. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So initial years, it's like oh, I don't want to sit and talk about this. Mm-hmm verbally because then i'm just gonna break down completely and it we're not gonna solve the issue mm-hmm. basically so i'm gonna write and then we could digest it and then we talk about we it. talk yeah mm-hmm. so it becomes easier but then in doing that now i'm comfortable just coming and saying you know what this this that 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 you know no i'm one of those people where i think i'm i'm done with something and then like i'll send you a letter like <laughs> <laughs> eight months later <laughs> i'm like well you know i said i was over this but actually let's take it back let's up let's go back <laughs> I think for me the writing thing is a double-edged sword. Hmm. So I I've had to learn to tame my writing 
Because when I'm angry, I can't speak. So if I'm texting you or I'm writing to you, that's when I say what I want to say. Mm. But then that's when I can actually put everything put in. everything <laughs> and then just go over like I can go overboard. I can just Yeah. So 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 for me that's when I can express my feelings mm-hmm. and tell you how I feel. But it's also when I can go overboard yeah. and just let out my anger. And that is not always a good thing. Because mm-hmm. then you say stuff or I, I would say stuff that I go back and read and I'm like Oh, that's a bit too much. Like mm. I wasn't formulating my feelings well enough. I I was lashing out instead of expressing myself. So mm. I've also had to learn to not write in the heat of things yeah. when I'm feeling the <laughs> anger. I've had like sit in my anger, think about exactly what mm. has upset me. Because mm. you can be upset. Fekayo, King Amerasa is not the reason you're yeah. upset. Well, you're upset. You know, you're just projecting on that person, mm. right? So think about it. You know, think of why you angry or why you are in that state and deal with that particular thing yeah. instead mm. of just lashing out. I agree, but also I I I think for me I would write in the heat of the moment but I wouldn't send it. I would send. I would hit no. send this assy. <laughs> no, cuz I think it's very good to honor your feelings mm. in that moment yeah. and mm-hmm. to be like okay, this is how I felt. And for me, I honor it through writing because then I'll forget. But then mm-hmm. if I write it, I'm like, okay, this is how I feel. But is this part valid? Yeah. Or is this part blamey? Mm-hmm. So if it feels blamey, I'll change the language. Be like, okay, you know what? It's not that you did something, but it's like, I think that this that and this. Yeah. And this is how me thinking that made me feel. Mm-hmm. I think it also helps with resolving whatever the issue is. Because yeah. yeah. then people can get easily defensive when they feel like you're, you're blaming them. Yeah. And, you're attacking you know, them, that, yeah. yeah. So that can be... Yeah, and even because I'm thinking... Because for me, it's like, that's... I'm I I'm one of those, if I don't get my point across I will never feel satisfied with my life. <laughs> but um I'm just realizing that I'm learning all of this and all of how to b- communicate better mm-hmm. as I grow up through my relationship with my mom. So it's not mm. even through romantic anything yeah. but it's just learning to have those adult conversations in spaces where initially you're not necessarily looked at as an adult. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've never been vulnerable. <laughs> Even as a child. I think first child syndrome, you have to tuck everything yep. in and you have to not feel anything mm-hmm. and you have to go about it. But, you know, therapy and just learning to love other people and just, I guess, my friendships, my female mm-hmm. friendships, Nene, you know, y'all, Sainabu mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I've had to be vulnerable mm-hmm. because I have people that genuinely care about me yeah. and, and, you know, they're okay with you telling your emotions and speaking how you feel mm-hmm. and Without then you realize that, you anything, yeah, yeah, you don't sound silly by having feelings <laughs> and you don't sound silly by caring about people. So I'm, I'm, I'm on this path of vulnerability. It's disgusting. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like it, <laughs> but... <laughs> I like it. No. Because I've, I've been the same. Like, I'm, I've always been the type that doesn't talk about what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd rather die than talk about, like, especially things that I'm struggling with. So mm-hmm. the good things are positive. It's easy, you know. Mm-hmm. But then the things that I'm struggling with, I, I'd rather die than, you know, come and talk about it. And it was really coming from a point of, I don't want to put a burden on other people mm-hmm. um, to care for me. But that's something that I've really had to learn. And yes in my marriage, but also my relationship with my mom, but also in my relationship with my family Mm -hmm. and my sister. Mm -hmm. So those are things that I've had to come into Mm -hmm. and just understand, express yourself. And it's an okay thing to do. And then you find there's a lot of peace that comes with just letting things out as well. Mm -hmm. Because with the whole writing thing, the reason why for me, when I get to the point where I write, I send, it's because maybe Limala writer, it's something that I've kept for like months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, so I'm not one that's like reactionary in the moment. Mm-hmm. So you hurt me and all of that, and I'm just watching you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just there. I'm taking it in. I internalize a lot of things, and I'm processing. Because for me, it's also the whole point around just thinking about things. Is it my perception? Mm-hmm. Did it really happen? Mm-hmm. You know, is it happening the way that I'm seeing it, or mm-hmm. the way that I think it's happening? 
I overthink mm-hmm. situations, especially with conflict. I hate mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm. So I overthink conflict. I overthink confrontation. I don't do confrontation very well. You know, so for me, it's like when I get to that point, it's because mm-hmm. I have arrived at the point where I've decided this is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to communicate, but also because I've allowed myself to get a lot more clarity because then with a lot of things, it could be patterns. Mm-hmm. So the person does it once, they do it twice, they do it three times, and then you decide this is what it is. But because I am not sharing that whole journey, it's not coming out. What people usually see is that that reaction. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, you're not patient. You're not Lee. You're, mm-hmm. you're reactionary. You're blah, 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 blah. So for me, when I get to that point where I'm like, oh, I'm going to take this step. I'm going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Then I know I'm talking ad- about it from a point where I've given it a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. Enough, more than enough thought, actually. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to take whatever the consequences are from that conversation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, being vulnerable has also helped me. It's, it's the freedom for me as mm-hmm. well. Because then it's like... Why are you living this life carrying this whole burden mm-hmm. when you as a person, you are the person that everybody comes to with their vulnerabilities mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So why don't you allow people to also love you? Why don't love you? Mm-hmm. Why don't you allow people to be a soft landing for you? You I'm know, so it. yeah, I'm learning it. It's a hard one with to be honest uh, with friendships and with, you know, all these other platonic relations, platonic relationships. <laughs> I'm excellent at it. Not excellent at it now, but I'm really mm-hmm. good at it because mm-hmm. like, especially like I said, y'all, Nen and Sena, I just, I can offload mm-hmm. without feeling like I'm a burden because I don't know like for me sometimes I'm always like is it burdensome to have these conversations mm-hmm. but in the romantic settings too I think recently maybe in the past year that I've gotten better at like mm-hmm. just straight up voicing stuff I remember the first this was like last year I like made a very big move about just expressing some kind of anger disdain and stuff like that and when I was done I was like oh my god <laughs> freedom <laughs> not just that like when I first sent the message I said this person is going to block it and delete it and never talk to me again <laughs> but then we had a great conversation mm-hmm. and it was you know it was very open and it was and from there our relationship changed instantly mm-hmm. like it was like one of those things where okay you know what we've, we've made we've made it to the next step where we can discuss things mm-hmm. without feeling like if I say something the person's gonna run because I've always been a runner <laughs> in romantic relationships as always you know I kind of belong to the streets mm-hmm. and what happens on the streets you drive you run <laughs> But now I'm like, you know what? It's fine to like, it's fine to talk about things. And if that person is not fully receptive, unless you've done your part and yeah. then you dip. But then to be fair, there's, I think um, you should also allow the people you're in a relationship with, platonic, romantic, you should allow them to be vulnerable to mm. you on their own mm. terms. Yep. You can't force them to mm. be vulnerable. You can't force them to share like I've learned that with my relationships with people with yeah. Jama because Jama doesn't oh, she could be dying <laughs> like the final did day and she just sit there just internalizing everything like she said but I think I've noticed that like she said like recently she's opening up and I, I remember one day I was about to run to you guys and I was like is there space in your on your plate and you guys said to me we all share the same plate and like I think about that till now and it just means so much to me because it means Aww. I can shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it means I, I have a space where. <laughs> fuck y'all. <laughs> See, I am quitting this I'm quitting today. As of today, I quit. I don't want to be around these people anymore. It's done. It's over. But yeah, seriously, I like it made me realize that I have the space where I can just come to and just be myself and you know share my pain or my joy and every or whatever it is that i'm feeling and you know 
it's a good yeah. thing and yeah. i think when people feel like they're ready as well they just come yeah and they, they come, do yeah, it yeah they when people feel like they're compelled also it i think it it gets people holding back mm-hmm. yeah. away from thinking oh i'm putting a burden on them it's like oh why are you forcing me to talk to about talk this when yeah. i'm not ready yeah. yeah but then once they feel safe um and they mm-hmm. feel like this is my space this is this yeah. is a place where i feel okay mm-hmm. when they are ready it could be months or years yeah. later mm-hmm. they will always come back mm-hmm. i mean look at the stories we share like years ago yeah. i'm like holy hell on that and then we're like okay but then even that for me is important because yes it happened years ago but mm-hmm. then you're sharing it now and you're being helped to process it mm-hmm. maybe in a way that you could not do it yourself or yeah. maybe with other people that you shared mm-hmm. so it's so today processing and you know and now you're getting another chance to process in a different yeah. way with different people who understand you in a different yeah. manner mm-hmm. so for me like it's always everything happens at its time and man mm-hmm. i believe in that a lot like yeah. i don't like to put my feelings out there when i f- don't feel like i'm ready mm-hmm. and it's something sure. that i'm learning um to do better with and understanding eventually I'll just die with all of this <laughs> this Felix you know so it has been changing a mm. lot and um it's been it's been a really good feeling so yeah if, if this past panini press hasn't taught us anything I think we're like more vulnerable in this past everyone's been vulnerable <laughs> yes we're being in always yeah. and fronts mm-hmm. you're literally your emotions even are being pressed you sit down all Everything of a sudden someone pressed. that you haven't spoken to in years just pops up yeah i swear people have been doing apology panini presses <laughs> Pandemic apologies has been I think wild. it has given a lot of people clarity on what yeah. is important, important, what's not important, but also on cutting your losses because I feel mm-hmm. like it's also helped bring a lot of clarity. For me mm-hmm. like there's relationships that I've decided to put an end to mm-hmm. even without like having a conversation blah blah blah, but for me it has helped because I'm like, okay, there's a lot more clarity. Mm-hmm. And I've come into a space where I understand what relationships are it for me basically mm-hmm. and everything else is maybe just an illusion or mm-hmm. you're just keeping up appearances or mm-hmm. saving face and all of that we talked about this when we did the healthy relationship so no mm-hmm. need to rehash it but yeah. if anything at all i think when you allow yourself to be vulnerable it also teaches you a lot about yourself yeah. and it helps guide you know the steps that you're taking and it also helps to improve the, your relationship with other people mm-hmm. because then they also are able to see parts of you that yeah. maybe they did not have a chance yeah. to see before. I'm just going to ask one more thing. <laughs> But um so I think cuz again we talked about boundaries and stuff in the healthy relationship one. Mm-hmm. But um I have one pregunta, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pregunta means question in Spanish. Who are you interpreting? Eh, Jama. Jama. Okay. But cultivated your relationships and you know how everything works for you know for you especially in your partnership or in your communion mm-hmm. how do you deal with setting boundaries for people outside so how do you make sure that the relationship is simply you and your person or people's relationships and you know how you do how you do that I don't know about how I do it for myself mm-hmm. but with other people's relationships I've learned to put up boundary mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. to only deal with what they choose yep. to share with me okay so if you're in a relationship with Jama what you choose to share with me is what I deal with okay. right so I don't go 
out looking for more, more mm -hmm. you know, regarding your relationship because your relationship is your relationship and the one we have is mine, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's ours. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, in terms of personal relationships, I don't know about boundaries because, <laughs> see, I, I have issues with setting up boundaries. I really do. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one thing I, I learned from my grandpa not long ago that I'm instilling in my life or I'm, you know, trying to make great use of is he said um, about when you when you're talking about something or when you have something to say. Oh. Right. He said when you when you're talking about something or when you have something to say, the moment you've said what's on your mind, stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if what I have to say is one to five, I, you don't need to go beyond six. Mm. That is it. Because mm -hmm. he said, you know, yep. you know, so, so that, that applies to your friendships, to your romantic relationships. Your partner does something to you that you don't like. You say it and that's it. You don't go beyond that. I think that's a um, that's something that is also a red flag when you have to consistently repeat yourself. Yes, it is. Because I'm it one is. of those. Because they're not paying attention not, then, or they, they, or they, they don't, don't care. care enough. Yeah, they don't care enough to, yeah. to pay attention to you. So there's that, and there's also the thing that we talked about of people. For me, you know, I talked about attention, but mm. it's also a red flag where someone knows that this is your love language, and they and they, and they deny yeah. you that, mm -hmm. or they violence, it, or they give it to you to a certain extent to a point where you're getting used to, it, and then they, they take withdraw. it back. It's violence. Know, that's withdraw. manipulation. So, so, yeah. yeah, that's violence. That that's manipulation, and it's a huge, huge, huge red flag. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think what has helped with boundaries, right, is um, for the longest, and this is what I've always been like, even before I got into my relationships, mm -hmm. it's always respecting other people's boundaries, mm -hmm. but. I think the funny thing is also when even when they don't set boundaries, I set the boundaries. Okay. You understand? Understanding, okay, this is a relationship. I may have a relationship with one of the people in that relationship. Um, and it could be anything, romantic, platonic, friendships, whatever you have, family even. Because mm -hmm. even within the families, you have like different people who have different kinds of relationships and the dynamics are different. Mm -hmm. So for me, it has always been understanding where I stop mm -hmm. when it comes to other people's relationships. So for example, with friends, like mm -hmm. you guys, for example, you can have your partners. Mm -hmm. For me, my relationship with that person mm -hmm. is by virtue of my relationship with you. Yes. So if I, I mean, we could all come together, hang out, whatever. For example, I wouldn't have their number. Mm -hmm. That's an example, right? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go maybe hang out with them separately. So anything I do is basically through you yeah. because mm -hmm. through you, la, hame, yeah. like that person. Mm. So for me, I think that has also helped because then when I had my own relationships, the people around me also understood, mm -hmm. you know, to an extent, oh, this is also what it is about. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also coming from a point where I am married to a private person, mm -hmm. right? My I remember when we got married, he came to me and was like, who are all these people following me on Twitter? <laughs> 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 like his follower count just shut up That's like what happens crazy when you marry an influencer <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <something like> that. <laughs> so his follow account just went up and he was like all of these people are following me because of you and i said yeah and i i was like are you okay with it you mm -hmm. know because then i understand i'm putting it's a lot more attention going to him than mm -hmm. usual and he's a very very private person so that has also helped us mm -hmm. both i remember we were talking about this with his brother the other time we we're like and he was like, Yen Kai Mom, talk lens and corner, like you understand? Mm -hmm. But everybody that we're in involved with, and we have amazing relationships with people. Mm -hmm. You understand? But everybody understands when it comes to their marriage, it is their marriage. Mm -hmm. Even our families. My mom never talks about my marriage, mm -hmm. for example. Everybody. So it's clear to everybody that this is how they want to live their lives. Mm -hmm. You understand? And when it comes to connecting with everyone else, we still do that. But mm -hmm. then we also have our thing, which is our thing. Mm -hmm. And within the relationship itself, I think the communication is also important mm -hmm. around things that you don't like, things that you wouldn't take. Mm -hmm. And this is right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. 
So for me, it was always about saying, these are my deal breakers. These are my red flags. This happens, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Or this happens, this is what, what, what. And also trying to learn what those are for mm -hmm. him as well. Mm -hmm. So it can be really hard though. Because mm -hmm. then if you look at a situation like marriage, mm -hmm. where you're living together, for example, sometimes it can get, be very blurred lines. Mm -hmm. How do you really establish boundaries with someone who you're waking up with and sleeping with and eating with and all of that? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it can be difficult um, to maybe enforce the boundaries, if not set them. But... I think one way you can do it is to communicate. Just you put know. a divider on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Single pill. <it. laughs> Sometimes you would be the one to even pill it. <laughs> but for me, I think, yeah, communicating that and just having the person understand. But also, I think it, it also picks up with time. Mm -hmm. Like we were saying, they understand you, they understand your personality, they understand what you want and what you don't feel. Mm -hmm. And then the point is really, are they respecting those things yeah. about you? I think for me, um, not from my, from my experience with boundaries, I would just say it's the boundaries I also set for married friends yeah. mm -hmm. in that I don't ask questions. Exactly. Yeah. So unless you come to me mm -hmm. and you say a certain thing and you just choose to let me in, mm -hmm. it's not my business. Yeah. And like, even then when you're dealing with it, you, you deal with it to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. you're I'm for I am, yeah. 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 I think no, the no, only no. one that I've always, and I think I've told like you too, mm -hmm. you guys know, the people who are closest to me know, I'm like, okay, if you find out, because you know what my red flags are, you know what the deal breakers are for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So if you find that out and you don't tell me and I eventually find out that you knew, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's a problem yeah. for me. And right? I think all three of us yeah. have had that We've had that conversation. Yeah. So for like, us, we know it's okay are, to you, come you and... You have to come and tell me these things, yeah. But, but even that is ba those are boundaries as well because yeah. yeah. then you're you're clear about what it is that you want to take on and what, and yeah, yeah what you well. can't yeah and yeah i think um for me yeah that's what it is because i do have a lot of married friends but even people i think the minute you're in a relationship or even you start talking to someone and it's looking very serious i find a way to just back mm. out and respect it if yeah. you choose to pull me into it then that's great but if not it's like you know yeah. i understand it and i respect it mm -hmm. because i also know the way i love my friends <laughs> <laughs> and I, before you introduce me to someone you have to really mean it <laughs> because and before you even tell me anything about your relationship you have to really 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 be yeah. sure that you want me to know because if it's something bad i'll never forgive that person yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell my friends partners this all the time even when I meet them I'm like look maybe she's nice and forgiving me I'm forgiving when it comes to things that happen to me but my friends I will <laughs> kill somebody <laughs> I shall keep quiet. I will live in mile two f just, just, f just for you. I, tell I think that's one of the reasons the why time. I also try to set those boundaries and mm -hmm. not like get too close. Because yeah. man, yeah. Go is laughing because she knows <laughs> she has people that she has forgiven me. I've not forgiven mm -hmm. them. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because a colleague of mine, she was like, oh, I hear you talk about your friend Jama a lot. What is she like? And I said to her briefly, she's someone who... She has not talked to certain people who I've dated for years just because they hurt me. And mm -hmm. she just died laughing. She's like, she can hold a grudge. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, she's, but that is coming from a place of love. Like, I've seen this person hurt you. I and I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> move, move, move. I'm not even going to no, sit here I'm and saying, pretend. I'm, I'm sorry. Saying, I'll I'm be that person like, where, like, I've even tried, if you forgive them. Because for me, it was mm -hmm. also like, Okay, what what is it looking like to the person that has been hurt? What is that looking like? But then I just realized it's not in me. It's no. not in me. I cannot. No, but I said like if I if you know if my friend forgives the person that they you know that they love and then they get married, they'll have kids. But I'll come to that house. I'll look at my nieces and nephews. I'll hang out with them. But I doubt I'll even say more than two words to the person. Yeah, that I know you yeah. but it doesn't. That's change it. No, but like I'm laughing mm -hmm. at Gemma, but I've had this conversation with someone who's married to someone like I really love, and this person was like, oh well, you know.
me and this person we're married they're pregnant now so what's going to like what's going to happen if you know um we have a we, divorce we, you know we have no what's going to happen if when we have a kid and you know oh i come to visit and it's awkward i'm like that sounds it's like a you problem. problem. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my problem. I won't oh, ask you to hurt my person. I once, <laughs> I once, um, I had a family member. Her husband was garbage. I once, like, basically sent him a, a, a letter to warning him that I had a baseball bat that whenever I saw him, that I was gonna beat him up. <laughs> they were still married at that time, so he showed my cousin the messages, and she was like, "Yeah, <laughs> like, and that, that's that's her. What are you going really, really personal? And that's yeah. something I've been trying to." like let go of but i mean no please we it, love it, it can't we love it i can't so thrive on on them so yeah. i can't but and i don't even want to to be honest no, I don't. you know there was something i was talking about with lai bojang and i told and i said to him oh i blocked this and this person because they because they mm. did this and he's like ah so you're thinking they're sort i think honestly i think with like all of my i think nen is the most forgiving surprisingly yeah. even though she's in really? jail but when it comes to, oh no but when it comes to like me and romantic relationships mm. she's the most forgiving i don't even know how or i don't know why or maybe it's the people or maybe she just knows that me too i'm kind of problematic mm. but sayable chumbe chumbe exactly never like i'll come and i'll beg on that person's behalf be like okay this person literally just told me to come and say forgive them and i'll be like what does that have to do with us exactly. that's your problem you're never. No, but I saw, i've seen you someone wasn't. who said that that is coming from a place of you know your friend having seen you in the state yeah. of hurt because yeah. then when they did that yeah. shit, it was their friend that was yeah. <laughs> that was they're seeing they're mm. not seeing it yeah. understand yeah. so it's easy for them to come back yeah. and that's it yeah. and you know okay. they're not seeing and i think it's also a protective thing like mm. where you're not and this is also just you know manifestation of love and stuff. You don't yeah. want the person going through that over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. So if they've done it once, it's mean no, they don't just have the potential. They have they the capability do yeah. to do it and they have done it. Mm-hmm. So for me really, I sorry, mean, me, I cannot. There's one person where anytime I brought up brought up their name to Chimbe, she would just be like, "Hmm." <laughs> and so I knew to never have to continue that conversation. <laughs> like she was just be like, oh, "Ah, wabana." Like it was never like and you know for someone that you can talk to about everything mm. and you can open up to and then so well so I had the media stuff all the time like she's one of those people where consistently it doesn't matter what I'm talking about the minute I like it it doesn't matter how dumb it is like even mm. with my little relationships my you know my Rihanna's and all that she'll engage it she'll listen <laughs> she'll give me the power everything I need where I'm like I just love you so much but certain people I mention them she's like huh oh, okay. and you know to end the conversation <laughs> And I think that's a good way to end this conversation. Yes. Bye, you know since second I've enjoyed it so but much. But this is I think this is a great vulnerability exercise it even is, for me. Is. But um Don't so we're moving us. on to our favorite segment, Muso of the week. Ngoni? Ha, okay. So 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 okay. My you nigga don't need a drum roll. Take it back, take it back, take it back. The heat is heating us. So anyway, um our muso of the week. I think this week we're going to throw it back to you people. Who have you loved? Who have you loved so much? Remember it is muso before you come and be talking about your men. Your men. No boys allowed. I know man. I know allowed man. please you know who have you loved and who has loved you back and given you grace and been patient with you and just cared for you that shown is you and shown you what it is to be loved 
who is that woman in your life or that non-binary person in your life? Who are they? Please add them, tag them, show them some love, show them how much you appreciate them. And, you know, for us, it is, you know, we're giving, we're, we're sending it back to, to them, ourselves. to ourselves, you know. These these I these love you guys. these little I people love here. You. Yes, yes. Tell they've sh- they've shown me what love is. Love. Be vulnerable and tell us you love us. You people that just were oying me here. I don't claim you. Anyways. Anyways. Like Monet has said, tell us the people that you are, but also people who've just inspired you around what love looks like and loving. Um, thank you all so much. It's really sad that we're getting to the end of this season. Yo. Like we said, so this is like our second to last episode. The next episode is our finale, mm-hmm. and it's I'm starting to miss this, you know. <laughs> I'm starting to miss this. But thank you all so much. It's 47 countries where people are waking up and playing Muso. And that's a really, really amazing thing for us. All three of us just sitting here, and you all are just listening to us and loving it. Send us your questions. Send us your feedback. Let us know who your muso is. What have your crushes look like? What are your love languages? Just all of the things that we've discussed on this podcast. Let us know what your thoughts are. We'll be waiting to hear from you. And <laughs> Spell it. As usual, you know where to find us. Muso Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook at m-u-s-s-o-p-o-d-c-a-s-t and of course we're waiting for your thoughts your comments your feedback you know where to send it hashtag m-u-s-s-o-p-o-d we would like to thank the right click crew aka classic and i guess thank you to the left click crew aka evil and the isotus but um yeah it was it was it was an op now sadly but you know that's what happens again all relationships change yeah yeah, Yeah, the the love love the love has transformed (laughs) (laughs) his allegiances lie elsewhere now but um yeah no thank you so much to you know everyone who helps us make this podcast a reality we know how hard you work especially you know shout out also to my brother puffis Mm -hmm. a man that i really love he's in the middle click (laughs) (laughs) but thank you so much Papis has you know he has designed every single material that we've put out from the Mm -hmm. beginning until now and he knows we're broke so he's never once attempted to charge us and we appreciate the the love he truly is and again you know just thank you thank you so much to everyone that's made this reality i can't believe this is the second to last episode before the end of this first season which was great and extremely memorable and as always please send us your comments and your feedback and let us know how we can make next season even more enjoyable and better for all of you what can we change uh, maybe oh, change Jama or Ngone. But <laughs> you two are fired anyways. <laughs> you two are fired. But we have the posters on our social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, so for example, on the Anchor platform, there's an opportunity for you to do a voice note. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do um, a voice note that we can also include in the final episode, um, please do that. We would really, really love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just send us emails, send us DMs, send us a comment, whatever it is. Send us messages privately as well if Tell that's how you, you feel comfortable. Us. Don't force the love on. Don't force the love from the people. We need financial love. Anyways, we're out of here. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.